Hey everybody, welcome to the I'm a Rescue podcast. I am Tom Clark and uh, I am, today I'm interviewing uh, Judith Bay. Now Judith is, uh, this is a sort of an interesting story of uh, our relationship. She, um, she was actually one of the uh, foster kids that my mom worked with uh, a, <laughs> a long time ago. Um, back in Milwaukee. And uh, Judith now lives in Ventura, California, which is right up the road from us. And uh, I wanted to just kind of uh, find out about that experience and working with my mom. And my mom passed away uh, about, I'm trying to remember, like four or five years ago. Um, So just kind of, uh, this is, I thought this would be a nice podcast for everyone. And for me to kind of find out about that experience working with my mom and uh, I remember Judith told me some stories about working with my mom and how wonderful she was. So uh, I think I just wanted to share that with other people. So, um, so anyways, welcome everybody. Uh, Judith Bay, how are you, Judith? I'm just fine. This is very interesting. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Judith is now um, 80 years old. She just turned 80 uh, this year, right? Correct. <laughs> she's she finally she can't believe she's that age and uh she um so judith you grew up uh, where did you grow up in milwaukee in milwaukee and right. uh what area where, where'd you go to did you, where'd you go to grade school or where'd you go to uh grade school was story school which would have been kind of in your neighborhood but i think you and your brother went to the catholic uh elementary school that's but story right. school was um, off of, it was within two blocks of the stadium, the baseball stadium. Oh, wow. And, and it was a kinder through eighth grade. And on opening day, that would have been Milwaukee Braves back then. Mm-hmm. The entire school shut down and we all walked the two blocks to the stadium and had free entry for opening day. That was, <laughs> that was the tradition of that little school. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then I went to West Division High School on Highland and after that to nursing school at Milwaukee County Hospital School of Nursing. Wow. Okay. So um, you, uh, I just want to talk, how did you end up in the, uh, in the foster care system? Okay. I was one of six, my brother, the oldest five girls. I think our parents had six babies within seven and a half years and they both (laughs) got tuberculosis. So Oh. No, no one would take six children, uh, eight and under, or whatever we were at the time. So um, we all went to different foster homes. Um, I went, my brother and I went first to the orphanage for a while until someone took us in as foster children. And then my how mother... Old, how old were you at the time? Um, I would have been maybe five. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And my aunt, my mother's sister took in the youngest. Penny was only like 10 months old. So they took her in. That was like their baby. They didn't have any children. Mm -hmm. And then over the years, um, 
I was in different foster homes. Two of the sisters ended up in the same one. And then eventually four of the six of us ended up with Aunt Pat and Uncle Clifford at various times. So, mm -hmm. so you were going through that. So from five years old on, you were in, uh, you were kind of going from family to family or just? Yes, a number of families. And then I think, I think I was maybe 12 when I went to my aunt and uncle's mm -hmm. and I was there until 17 and that's when I met your mother. She okay. was my last social worker. Okay. So how, how did that work? How, how come you were assigned to my mom? I don't think it was so much me being assigned to her as probably her being assigned to me because um, different foster families they would want somebody for a period of time then they wouldn't and anyhow I was last with my aunt and uncle and they just basically kicked me out of the house and and that's when I had social workers all those years but it was just more of a paper thing you know we were always clean and fed and housed but then I think being kicked out of my aunt and uncle's house meant there had to be something a little bit more in depth to be looked at. Why were they kicking me out? So did you ever find out? Did you ever find out why? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, they belong to uh, Christian Reformed Church, and. Um, it was kind of a Calvinist type church, very strict type of doctrine. And um, my aunt was maybe head of the women's group, my uncle an elder. And when you were 16, you had to do what they call profession of faith. And I wouldn't do it. And I know now as I became an adult it was kind of an act of defiance because i knew by refusing to do it it was kind of a slap in their face but in my opinion they were kind of some of the most unchristian people i ever knew and it was like so here's this whole kind of a hypocrisy you know in church they were one way and the at home, they really, especially Uncle Clifford, was awful, uh, physically abusive. And, and it was mm -hmm. like, I don't believe any of that doctrine, so I just wouldn't do it. And how could they force me? And they couldn't. So, so that's when they said I had to move. And was that sort of a relief for you to be able to? You know, it, it really was. It really was. Because I had, um, oh, that's when I was maybe eight or nine, I lived with another family and they were Baptists. And what I remember in Sunday school, uh, they were teaching us, I think I must have been about nine because that was according to their religion. When you're nine, if you didn't believe in Jesus, you went to hell. Uh -huh. And I said, but what about all those kids in Africa who never heard of Jesus? Are they going to hell? Well, of course they are. And, then, and I said, well, I don't believe you. So that kind of, and that also, that, I don't know how much you know about the different religions, but that is where they uh, 
what I call dunking. They immerse you and baptize you. And, I, and they wanted to do that. And I said, you want to do what to me? And of course <laughs> I said, no. So then I remember that's why that family kicked me out of their house. So Wow. Yeah. So you, you're a pretty strong-willed. oh aren't you sweet yeah that's a nice way of (laughs) saying that but you know probably over my life some of that was a real plus sometimes a negative obviously oh yeah my older sister went went through the uh, profession of faith and I said Marion did you believe any of that and she said of course not but she just did it because mm-hmm. she knew it would keep the peace. And for me, it was like, I'm not going to do that. I don't believe it. Where, so, did, where did that come from? Because you didn't really have, uh, you know, parents, at, you know, they passed away when you were five. Where did that, where did you find that willingness to kind of say like, no, I'm not going to do this. I don't believe it. Like that's a, that's a, that's a strange thing at eight years old to realize that. Well, first of all, my parents didn't die when I was five. They went to the sanitariums, and my mother didn't die till I was 14. Okay. My father was a raging alcoholic, and that's actually what ended his life, his alcoholism. So he, <laughs> he did get out of the sanitarium, and then he died of his alcoholism. Um, I think with that question, it's probably from little on, at least for me, I can't speak for all my sibs. It was just knowing that I was pretty much on my own and that was the way it was. So, right. Uh, yeah. But, but you seem to have, did your mom sort of instill that strong belief system in you or, or what was right and wrong? I can't even say that um, because um, when we were very little, it was just a very chaotic house. My father drank, he beat his, he beat our mother, he beat us. And um, so I don't think there was really any of that kind of parenting, you know, instilling values. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So just from within. I guess so. I guess yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And so, um, and, and what was it like for your brothers and sisters? Did they grow up? I mean, they obviously grew up in the in your house in the household with your parents, but then were they with various uh, foster families as well? And were you guys able to see each other? You know, um, our grandmother would make sure maybe once a year we would see each other because we were all in the Milwaukee area. Um, My brother was in foster care and orphanage until I think he was only with Aunt Pat and Uncle Clifford a couple of years. And by 17, he joined the army. Um, And interesting uh, because of my father's and two grandfathers were alcoholics. All of us girls said we're not going to drink. So my brother drank and he became the alcoholic. And he really went far in life, uh, six-figure job, the whole thing. And then it blew. he blew it because of his alcoholism. I really didn't know him because I only 
had lived with him then until age five and maybe a year when he was practically leaving the house. Mm -hmm. The next one, um, she was just a year and a few months older, Marion, and but she was had skipped a grade. So she was really two years ahead. And again, I only lived with her those first five years and then maybe two years at Aunt Pat and Uncle Clifford's and she went off to nursing school um, two years ahead of me. Um, and she's very bright, did very, very well. And then me, and then Barbara was the next one. She and the next one, Susan, grew up in a foster home in Wauwatosa, which you probably know is a suburb, kind of a rich suburb. And probably they had it almost the worst because they uh, lived with this very wealthy family who had several of their own children. And they did treat my two sisters really as kind of second-class citizens while they had their own children, would have anything and everything, you know, kind right. of thing. So, well, and, then, and then Penny the baby, she grew up with Aunt Pat and Uncle Claire, and that was really like her parents, so. Right. Yeah. It seems like these the foster parents barely wanted these kids, was there a financial incentive to have foster kids or wh why were they taking these kids in if they were so horrible? Okay, now you may not want to include this. It was their Christian duty. Oh. Yeah, because our family was near a Baptist church in the center of Milwaukee and the minister announced one day that the six children needed foster homes and they sort of looked us over. Um, so it, I think it made them look wonderful to their peers that they took in this child, you know, that needed a home. But I have to admit it jaded me and really to this day even when I hear somebody is a Christian, all I want to do is run like hell the other way <laughs> because my experience with so-called Christians has not been so good. Mm -hmm. um, so anyhow, that's just, you can cut that out if you want. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's, you're, you're being honest and, uh, and that's unfortunately something that's what it, you know, you, you live through your actions, not through your words, right? Yeah, and right. That, that's why I've always admired my parents is that they've always lived through their actions, not through their words. They volunteered. They, they did things through example, not by, uh, not by saying, do this and, you know, mm -hmm. and not following through on their own. So that describes your mother for <laughs> sure. Obviously I didn't really know your father that much other than, you know, hello type of thing. Mm -hmm. that, that's a good description of your mother. Yeah, no, she she definitely uh, taught me well, and uh, and she so 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 there you were in at West Division High School. You've been kicked out of your uncle and aunt's place, and my mom is is assigned to you. And and what happens there? Okay, 
That was the wonderful part. Um, she found me a foster home in Wauwatosa, and she also arranged that I could finish high school at West Division High School, because by that time it, it was uh, the summer before I was a senior, and I was in the band and all that sort of stuff. Anyhow, this uh, foster family, again, it was more the woman rather than the husband. Uh, he approved of me because I got good grades and that was important. Um, but Penny was her name and she absolutely liked me. And uh, first of all, your mother did. And that was probably the first person in my life who really liked me. But then Penny, the foster mother, did, and they had three young children, and people said to me later, well, they just took you in so you would be a babysitter, and actually, they were very, very fair on that. Um, if I had a babysitting job elsewhere, that was a paying job, mm -hmm. and they also wanted me, then they would pay me as a babysitter, and if... I had nothing going on and they were going out. It would just be like being a big sister. You don't get paid. Right. So I had the nicest relationship uh, with them and their children. Uh, both of them have since passed, but uh, until they both died, I had a relationship with them. Nice. Uh, yeah. And they, and uh, so this, this family took you in. I remember you told me something about um, early on, maybe in the in the process or something, or when you first met my mom, you were kind of worried because you're like, here I am, sixteen or seventeen, who's going to take me in, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, and especially, you know, I had a little bit of a history of being kicked out of homes, primarily because of my stubbornness and my big <laughs> mouth and my challenging, mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. So, um, do, you, do you remember anything my mom said or do you remember what she said to you? Well, she, I sort of remember how she was kind of impressed with me that I had good grades. I played in the band, um, I babysat, um, had aspirations to go to nursing school because mm -hmm. at that time the county would pay for a girl either cosmetology school or nursing school and back in the olden days it was cost $500 for three years at the nursing school and that was your room, your board, your books, your uniforms. So, <laughs> so the county paid for that. So, and, okay. uh, um, so that, that's good. And, it, and you, you kept in touch with my mom over, I mean, all this time, obviously, I mean, 60 years later, <laughs> how did you, what was that like or what? Well, what? yeah. Um, that was interesting because um, certainly, you know, while she was my social worker and I was a, a child, a minor, um, and then I went to nursing school and I think just occasional telephone calls kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then um, 
And then by that time, and then I went to college after nursing school and uh, um, I think we'd have lunch once in a while. And then, uh, you know, I was that much older and, and I, you know, there would have been no conflict of, you know, interest type of thing. And so then, um, I, let's see, I would have been, my, what year were your parents married? I must have been uh, 63 maybe or 62. Okay, so I was yeah, out of nursing school in 61 and I got married in 63, so we kind of shared that. Um, um, I couldn't, it didn't work out, she invited me, but it didn't work out that I could uh, attend their wedding. And then she just uh, had a whole new life opening to her to be married and then getting pregnant and, and ending her career. And then I think the fact um, we sort of had babies in the same time frame and we didn't live that far away. Mm -hmm. I was still in Milwaukee and um, it was more me bringing my kids over to their house on Blue Mound and, you know, the kids would play and we'd chat and have tea. So I think it was, you know, the having little kids at the same time was the bond. So, right. Yeah. That's nice. Um, and uh, when did you end up? So then you, you eventually moved up to Baraboo? Well, yes, yeah. We we first moved to Janesville for a year, and then to Baraboo. Uh, my husband and I were nursing home administrators by that time, and uh, and I still my aunt my aunt was still in Milwaukee, so and I had girlfriends and things like that. So I would come back and see her every time I'd come back to Milwaukee, and then I went to graduate school part of the time in Milwaukee, so I used to you know, see her occasionally. And then it would have been in, let me think, 50 years, I graduated 61. So it would be 2011 was my 50th uh, reunion from my nursing school. So I came to Wisconsin for that. And my girlfriend kind of did a road trip. So I could just drive, she drove me around the whole state because I told everybody that was my last trip to Wisconsin and I saw your parents at the retirement place at that time, they had moved in by then. Right. So, yeah, so that was, and I remember that last visit when I said, you know, this is my last trip to Wisconsin and both your mom and I kind of shed a few tears, but that was the way it was going to be because she was up in years and and I happened to have MS so traveling is harder for me too so right and then, yeah. and, then and then I so then Judith came out to see me at Ventura Harbor Comedy Club yeah <laughs> well, and that's because I got an email from your dad telling me you were there right and was that a was that like 2012, do you think, or 2000? Or I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, the last time I was in Wisconsin, your mother gave me one of your little pictures uh, advertising 
you as a comedian and you had your feet next to your face. <laughs> Remember that shot? Yeah. And that was so cute and so intriguing. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had a, uh, just for the audience, I had a, uh, a headshot and instead of uh, a lot of times comedians put their hand on their cheek or whatever, like Jack Benny and I had put somebody's foot there and <laughs> And it was my head. It was, yeah, my first it was bare feet. <laughs> yeah, there were there were bare feet, one on each side of your cheek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, it's your mom was so proud of that. Yeah, she was. And, always, and, oh, go ahead. Oh, you you got your master's in social work, right? No, that's <laughs> that's what my mom wanted me to do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, but I know you graduated from college. Right, right. I went to college and I did, uh, I, I was a social worker for five or six years in Milwaukee. I, I ran a mentoring program on the south side of Milwaukee. And, oh, okay. And I worked for Goodwill. So she was happy about that. But when I decided to do comedy, she was very uh, <laughs> less than excited about that. Uh, but in the but in the end, she was so proud of you and that you could make a living with with your craft. So yeah, I think it really surprised her and my dad because I'd always been described as very quiet by teachers <laughs> and uh, other parents and stuff. So I think the fact that I I did that and like they they were kind of shocked that it worked <laughs> it worked out. So. Uh, I was I was glad she was able to see that that it paid off and and she was able to see some of the acting on TV and stuff. Yeah, I remember her, and I don't know if this was, was true, and I never really asked you, but she was so proud that she said that you were a totally, she said, clean comic. You never used bad words or anything. And I don't know if that's true, and you may not want to answer that. <laughs> you may not want to answer that. No, she, she's right about that. I was never a big, uh, I wasn't working blue, wasn't really my thing. Uh, I, I definitely have some, some, and there's some material that maybe is more PG-13, but but I definitely was never like an R-rated comic or anything. Oh, okay. Uh, so then that was true. Okay. Yeah, that, that, is, that is true. <laughs> I wasn't sneaking behind her back and uh, doing Yeah, it. I always wanted to know that about you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh, I, I think that definitely comes from, I think being raised Catholic, you kind of learn how to be sneaky with your humor. <laughs> and, <laughs> and to still be uh and, and she had a great sense of humor she was very sarcastic and very oh yes uh, yeah very silly and i yeah both her and my dad kind of gave me my dad's very uh straight laced but th that combination of being raised by my mom who's silly sarcastic loves to tell stories and my dad who's very stoic <laughs> kind of played uh well into comedy for me well, when we end my part of the interview, stay on, and I'll share something else that you may not want on your interview. So. Oh no, no, we're and I can always edit it out. So. Oh, uh, okay. Go ahead, you can tell me. Well, I used to tease her because was she like forty-one or two or three when she got married? 
Yeah, yeah, she was older, yeah. Yeah, and then she had her first bouncing baby boy, what, a year or two later. <laughs> yeah. And then I think a couple miscarriages, and then <laughs> the second bouncing baby boy. <laughs> How old was she when you were born? Like, 40s? Almost 48. Almost 40. See, I, I, in my mind, it was 47. Mm -hmm. And I teased her uh, because I knew she was about Catholic and said, well, apparently God didn't want you to get married any earlier. You could have, like, had 25 kids by now because if you're that fertile in your 40s, imagine if you had started out by 19 or 20. And we used to laugh about that because... You know, who would have thought? Right. <laughs> yeah. And being a nurse at that time, I remember when she was pregnant with you, and I said, are you concerned about having a baby with Down syndrome? Because mm -hmm. I'd asked her if she'd had an amniocentesis, and she said, why would I have one? It doesn't matter. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. He, yeah, I definitely. Uh, I I realize now how uh, what a miracle I am. Sort of of just in 1971 to have a baby at the age of 48 is uh, pretty much unheard of. I think <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Right, right, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. I feel very lucky. Um, yeah, especially for because yeah, I mean they got married at, and and they're they might have been like thirty nine, forty, but yeah, they were definitely older. And then to try and and to have those miscarriages and to still try and uh, yeah, it's it's really uh, it's it's really amazing. So yeah, and she loved every minute of it. Loved every minute of it. Yeah. Yeah. No. And then having your grandma, you know, upstairs, that was such a big help too, because right, we had having a... two little ones when you're going on fifty is no easy feat either. So right for the for the listeners, my my grandma, my mom's mom, uh, who is from Ireland, Cork, Ireland, she uh, fresh off the boat, as they say, uh, she. Um, she lived upstairs in our, I guess they call it like a mother-in-law attic or whatever. And uh, so she had like her own place and she was up there. <laughs> and I used to go up there sometimes for meals if I didn't like what my mom was serving downstairs. <laughs> it's like a restaurant. I'd go upstairs and I could have, and, and my, my, my grandma, she, she would give me coffee. Like I would drink like coffee. <laughs> There's tons of sugar in it, and she'd make like these pork chops that were like super bread, like super unhealthy stuff. <laughs> she made me a pretty chubby kid, but uh, but yeah, that was it was good to be uh, to have that grandma upstairs was was definitely a, a different experience, especially to have a grandma from Ireland. She'd take me on the bus, and she used to uh, she used to go downtown, and she would have her purse was clear. So you could see all of her money in her purse. Oh. So, it was, <laughs> so, it like, so we were just like constantly at risk. But Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah, and she was just very, uh, yeah, she was one of a kind, just like well, my mom. What was her first name? Uh, I remember they called her Mamie, uh, but I think it was Mary. 
I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like a made-up name, Mary Smith. <laughs> it's very generic. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, she was she was wonderful, and uh, yeah, it's it's always interesting of because uh, they weren't they didn't share a lot about like I didn't because my grandma was divorced and. I don't know. There's, there's like a whole story that my, my mom didn't really share all that with me till like maybe I was in my forties. So, so I don't know. It's like, you don't, I guess you don't need to know it, but, but like just that my mom, my grandma was divorced and remarried and that's how she, you know, so I never knew who my grandpa was really on my mother's side. Now your mother just had the one sister, Joe. Mm -hmm. That is Joe still alive. No, she passed away a few years ago. Oh, okay. And, uh, they actually lived in Granada Hills, uh, and then she moved to Iowa to live with her daughter, who was in Waterloo. And yeah, and, and uh, she passed a few years ago, a couple years after my mom. Okay. But okay. Uh, but yeah, that was. Uh, but it was kind of nice because they got to see each other before my um, my mom passed away. So mm -hmm. that was good. Yeah. And Joe had the two girls and your mom had the two boys. That's what mm -hmm. I remember. I remember meeting your girl cousins for whatever. Yeah. Yeah, Michelle and Mary. And then they also had yeah. John and Billy. Yeah. yeah, they had a lot. <laughs> a lot of yeah. Kids. But uh, so, Judith, now you live in Ventura and you're, uh, what's, what's life like now in uh, Ventura? Well, when we moved here, I was still working. Um, at that time, I was like doing hospital inspections around the country, so they didn't care where you lived because you were sent all over the place anyhow. So, um, <clears throat> but I medically retired in my middle fifties from a, from my MS and. Um, and then actually, well, my daughter had her two little girls and I helped with them while she, she had her babies before she went to college. So then mm -hmm. she went to college and got her through that, the girls. And then actually in my early 70s, I went back to work for about seven years for a retired psychiatrist, probably the worst patient I ever had in my life. But... Anyhow, he called me nurse. He called me nurse Ratchet, and, <laughs> but he got better in spite of it because he knew I gave him good nursing care. So, wow. anyhow, but no, I love uh, Ventura, and I think oh, if I was still in Wisconsin, I would kind of be homebound, you know, with the ice and snow. So. Right, well, right. you're you're Southern California, so you know what it's like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't miss uh, that. I'm trying to, and we've been uh, Judith and I have been talking uh, a little bit about getting my dad to move out here, which is uh, taking some work. And obviously, with COVID, it's it's even more difficult. Right. Right. But, uh, but uh, she's been very helpful with that. So Well, it, you know, if that really happens, I think you looked at the Bonaventure, which is mm -hmm. like four blocks from where I live. So oh. I would be one of his visitors and he could come over for a meal or whatever. So if that, uh, you know, ever worked out, that'd be wonderful. 
Well, fingers crossed. We're we're working on it every day. It's a <laughs> yeah, yeah. We your dad and I email occasionally, just you know, mm-hmm. as old friends. So yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, it'll be nice if if we can get them out here and uh, have everyone hang out, and hopefully when COVID is, we have the vaccine or whatever, we can all get together <laughs> right it, it we're nearing the end of it for sure another few months it's going to yeah. be different yeah. Yeah. yeah but uh i really appreciate you sharing everything that was uh, this is awesome uh to learn a little bit about my mom's life as a as a social worker and to actually talk to one of her <laughs> i guess success stories uh and and you uh have overcome so much so that's why we loved uh have people on the rescue podcast to talk about things they've overcome and you've, you've done amazing stuff. And, uh, thank you so much for uh, meeting with me. Well, you're so welcome. And thank you for inviting me. Okay. We'll be in touch somehow. 